understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Stranded Podcast. You're listening to episode six. Listen, be glad you caught this episode because today's guest is going to share one of the most inspiring stories I've heard yet, and he is a wealth of knowledge. I could not stop taking notes while I was interviewing him. He's going to blow you away. In 2009, he represented the USA in the World Championship in Berlin, and he qualified as the sixth fastest man in the world. And now retired from running, He is the CEO and founder of Charles Clark International. He's a speaker, he's a coach, and now an author. He is working with entrepreneurs, successful people trying to push their career forward on helping those people bring home the gold medal in their own life. We even talk about his book coming out this summer, So Close to Success But Not Really, and he shares some of his seven habits on how he does this every day. We talk about fear. We talk about how your friends and family will be the first people to project fear on you when they don't understand. We talk about taking action, taking the first step making the jump, and how some of the things that we believe about ourselves are never even true. Trust me when I tell you this episode is going to have you ready to change your life. I am so excited for you guys to hear this. So welcome our guest, Mr. Charles Clark. All right. Thank you, Mr. Charles Clark, so much today, early this morning, for joining me. Yeah, it's It's exciting time to be here. (laughs) So Charles Clark, uh, graduate of Florida State University, who I met, uh, I think about in 2010, has such an amazing story. I'm so excited to have him on today, you guys. Um, Thanks. He was part of the USA team at the World Championship, and... Florida State alumni like myself, and now fascinating public speaker, motivator, uh, singer on the side, just about everything you could imagine. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to ask, my first question has to be this, because I still, 28 years old, I'm struggling in the mornings. Um, (laughs) We spoke a couple days ago, and I asked you if you did do an interview with me early and I said 8 a.m. and and you laughed and you were like, early, I get up at 4.30. So you, you have to tell our, our audience what your, what's your morning routine? Yeah, I I definitely believe anyone who wants to achieve phenomenal success, they, they definitely should get into a routine. Um, I, I think the belief behind that is, you know, just 
imagine when you get on the, the airplane, one of the first things uh, the attendant says to you is make sure you fasten your seatbelt first, secure your oxygen mask first, uh, because what it's necessary that you keep yourself alive. It's necessary that you feed yourself before you impact the world. So I make it my routine uh, to make sure I take care of me before I can impact others, because if, if I can't take care of myself, I, I definitely can't take care of anyone else. Um, so one of the first things that I do in the morning is my, my daily devotion. Um, and then I read for 20 minutes. I do my word list. I recite my affirmations, which is my will statements, what I will do for myself today. Well, how, how I will book clients, you know, I will attract um, like minded people. So I have a, about a list of about 15 to 20 um, phrases that I say to myself every morning for three minutes. Um, then I also stretch uh, between that time as well, make my bed, brush my teeth, floss, uh, work out, shower, walk the dog, and thank the man upstairs. Um, and it, I think that that part of me just fuels me uh, to, to, to have that energy and that capacity to, to go to go to distance, right? Um, to to be selfless in my acts throughout the day because I took care of me enough, and now I can impact the world. Oh my gosh! Okay, there's so many things about this that are blowing my mind. So, one, what time are you? T- what time is this all done? Um, so if, let's say in about a two hour period, two and a half hour, depending. So um, all that makes yeah. me think of is all the people that are like, I don't have enough time in my day. What do you mean read a book? What do you mean right. do affirmations? I don't have time for that. And yeah, you're, it's, it's, yeah sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just going to say, and you're just waking up, you know, four or five hours earlier than the average to get these things done. And and would you say it's it's changing your day dramatically opposed to, you know, waking up at 8 a.m.? Yeah. If you do average, you're going to get average work, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Until you change what you know everyone else is doing, you can't expect anything greater. Uh, so I, it's necessary that I don't do what the average people do. If, if I want to be an influencer, I, I, can't, I can't get up late. You know, I, I, I can't be that person who's entertained by the news, but I, I want to create my own news, right? Like, I don't want to just cut on the TV and look at everyone achieving their goals. I want to create my own legacy. But until you understand that, like with yourself, like you will you will always be a consumer. Like you will always be consumed by by average work. Right. Like we roll over our bed and we get on Instagram or we're checking our Facebook feed like that's average work. Like you're called to do something crazy. But until you process that, until you understand who you are. It, it won't get done. So, like, it's a sense of urgency inside of me that I I just can't prolong it. I don't have all eternity to do this. All I have is right now. And I think it's, it's necessary that we seize this lifetime opportunity because opportunities comes once in a lifetime. You know, and excuses, they're infinite. Like, So which one do you want to make, right? Wow. So what... I think you said was don't roll over in the morning and get on Instagram and there has to be a sense of urgency. Yeah. I don't know about the listeners, but I am, I'm taking notes because everything, <laughs> everything you just said, especially for like 
all the people, you know, on social media right now trying to become influencers, trying to be motivational. The fact that you said that you have to do more than the average is beyond true. You you can't do what the normal person is doing. It's it's ineffective. It's it's average. Yeah, yeah it's a slight work, right? <laughs> but what you're trying to do is something phenomenal. <laughs> right. So you can't do slight work when you're working towards doing something impossible. Like we're all called to do something impossible. But average won't do it, right? Like having having that that mindset of of, of failure consciousness is what I call it. Um, it. It won't get the job done. Wow, wow. Well, I know quite a bit about your story just from following you for quite a few years. But for our listeners, tell us a little bit about your journey to the world championship team. Yeah, um, it's actually, you know, when I was at Florida State, I was in my junior year, um, and I was one of the only uh, sprinters in the, in the 200 to make um, the USA team that year um, as a collegiate athlete, um, and also I was the um, the silver medalist at USA Championships, and and, and at that time. Um, it was one of a, a lifetime opportunity moments, and you know I, I'm glad I could have that under my under my belt um, and a part of my legacy. Um, and it's, it's just been an amazing journey that that builds me to who I am today. Like realizing that, like you know, we can we can do it, even even though obstacles may come your way, you can do it. So you know, I actually had injured myself two weeks before. Um, before that week um, of world championships and um, the doctors were like Charles you you should just give up your spot because um, there's no way possible you can come back from this right and I'm like you kidding me you know I I worked my whole (laughs) whole life for, for this moment right here you know I remember when I first had my first pair of walk waffle nike spikes in the sixth grade and i'm like it it you don't decide my fate right now i'm gonna work i'm gonna work on this you know i'm I'm gonna get there and um i would literally go to rehab every day get my massages ice tub and freezing water you know i i did i did what i took care of my responsibility and i think the the moral of that is take ownership um and by me owning up even though I was injured, I just couldn't let that be the end of my story. And uh, I think, um, you know, for me, that that was a life defining moment that we can overcome our adversity. Right. Like that. Even even though like this may seem impossible to overcome your your body is getting ready to adapt to a new you. Right. Your your mindset is about to shift. Because there's nothing that our bodies cannot handle. Like, if when you die, that's when you say you had enough. But until then, I can handle that. Um, and, you know, I went on to, to, to bounce back within that, that short period of time and make it through all the rounds and, and place as the sixth fastest man in the world. And I thank God for all of that. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. So was this race the result or the results of this race the reason why you're considered the sixth fastest man in the world? Yeah, yeah. That's that's an amazing accolade. I I think I'd wear a shirt that said that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's running in a race that a doctor told you don't do it. 
you know, no, no one knows your story but you. Right. No, no one can can write your story but you. You know, people can say all the statistics that they want. They can, you know, they can read off all the history that they want. But you are an uncommon breed, right? And and so I gotta, you gotta be mindful of that. Like, you know, to the listeners, don't listen to the people who aren't amounting to do what you're about to do. Like people say you can't do it because they couldn't do it. Ooh. I'm not, I'm not you. <laughs> right. You know, when I moved to Tampa, um, one of my neighbors, my childhood, uh, when I was growing up and in, in high school, middle school, um, I was getting ready to move to Tampa and I was walking my dog flash and she stopped me down the street. And she said, Charles, you didn't make the Olympic team this year. This was 2016. She said, what, what are you going to do with your life now? Well, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move to Tampa. I'm going to start my business full time. And I'm going to travel around the world and do what I love. And she said to me, she looked at me like I was crazy. She said, uh, you need to get yourself a real job. This ain't going to work, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm sitting there with Flash. Looking at Flash, looking at her, I didn't know what to say, but I, you know, I, I told her like, "Hey, you're not living my dream, and only I can write my story. So forget what you you have to say." And I think it's it's so it's hard it's hardening to like to to hear that from people that you love, people that you grew up with, right? People that that you would believe supports your dream, like support what you do, but they're not going to support what they don't understand. Right. They, they can't they can't fathom it. Right. They may have tried it, but it failed. So they're living in fear and putting that fear on you. But, you know, over right, one of the right brothers, he said that if we all worked on the assumption that what is accepted is true is really true, there'd be little hope of advance. So we cannot accept the mindsets of limiting people. Like what what is you, what do you say about yourself? That's what matters the most. Before you can start feeding feeding off of anybody else, you gotta know what you what you gotta know what you know. And can't nobody tell you that but you. Like you can't look for validation in somebody else's story. You gotta find what God is working inside of you and writing inside of you, like your history. And that's unique. And listen, this maybe for you, but for most people, that is not people aren't raised that way. We don't think like that on the average. Just to be vulnerable for a second, uh, when I met my boyfriend three years ago, and he's an entrepreneur, I call him a serial entrepreneur as a joke, Mm -hmm. I thought he was crazy. I was like, what are you, I mean, getting up early in the morning, reading books, watching YouTube videos, then he would do affirmations, he would do gratitude in the morning, five five things of gratitude, and he would say, you know, you should just read some of these self-help books, and I would always think... What I don't need help with anything. Like mm. I associated self-help books with, you know, or these motivational empowering books with, well, something must be wrong with me if I need to read something like that. Right. You know, and it was, it was, it took me two years to really shift my mind to understand you mm. are literally everything that you tell yourself you are. Yeah. No matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um, yeah, and it can only come from within. Like people can try to feed you wisdom all they want, yep. but until you internalize it, right? And until you take it for what it is, 
and understand who you are, then you you won't change. No, the mind uh, the mind shift is is yeah. real. Yeah, you can't adapt the habits without knowing who you are. Like a, a lot of times, we find ourselves in a rut. Like, why the heck am I still? with this good-for-nothing boyfriend or this good-for-nothing girlfriend, right? It's because, it's because you know what you you know what you know are supposed to do. But since your, your identity does not say who you are, does not know who you are, you can't adapt that habit. You can't say it's over. You can't say I'm done with this because you don't know. You don't know who you are. You don't know that you're a king or a queen. So how the heck are you supposed to to act in that in that manner when you're dealing with that good for nothing and the same thing with why people we we struggle with not knowing what we're going to do with our lives after graduating college we go through that quarter life crisis because (laughs) because we don't know who we are because if we were confident in who we are we will boldly continue to move without hesitation without fear without depression without being desperate like we would just know and be confident and assured and, and like I'm I'm in the right place or I know what I need to do and I'm going to do it. We'll make those moves. At what moment did you, because I love this, at what moment did you know who you were? Oh, I think it's, it's an evolving process. Um, you start to break through these, these layers of who you are little by little. Um, but I, I would definitely say one of my life-defining moments was at the edge of a high school auditorium, uh, and I was asked to speak at a high school. It was my alma mater, um, and after the speech, you know, a lot of kids wanted to take some photos with me, and I remember this girl, she was out in the crowd and desperate to get to me, uh, and when she arrived, like, she didn't want to take any autographs, and uh, she, she didn't want a picture, but she said something to me that literally made at a time in my life where I was looking at blank pages, those chapters. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said, thank you, because my mom said she doesn't care about me. I don't know my dad. And I felt like killing myself today. But you said something on that stage that made me want to live my dream. And in that moment where, you know, I had injured myself um, at a time in my life where I was confused, I was in that quarter life crisis I was depressed. I, I realized that, man, get out of your – stop worrying about yourself, Charles. Stop stop worrying about if only I didn't injure myself. Stop worrying about if only this moment didn't happen to me because I honestly believe those moments in life that you are uncertain of, those moments of life that bring you so much pain is the moments of life that somehow can bring you so much clarity in the end. And it's, it's not about – you know, people don't fall in love with with heroes, right? They don't fall in love with people who are successful. They fall in love with people who do something bigger than themselves. And I found that moment, and that was my reason. My so now my, my I know my reason, right? My my reason is to selflessly exercise my influence to bring great value and clarity to people. You know, and for me that was a a, a level of shaking shaking me to my core, like a level of understanding who I am and a purpose that's bigger than me. I, you know, for me, that that was one of the, my life defining moments, you know, at, at the edge of a high school auditorium steps. Wow. So. I'm literally sitting here smiling from ear to ear because I know what it feels like when you discover your purpose. Mm-hmm. And 
I tell people all the time, it's almost like you can keep straying, but if, if you've got that defined purpose, if, if, if God already knows where he wants you to be, he's going to keep giving you these little nudges. Yeah, that's but, for sure. But it's definitely, you know, it's a rite of passage to be stuck like that, to be stuck in that place, to be depressed, to be down and out, to have nowhere to go, to don't, not knowing left from right. That yeah. stranded phase is what every successful person has been through because that's really mm-hmm. the defining moment that you find out who you are and the best version of yourself. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, like, I think, like, again, it goes back to that owning, owning who you are, owning you. But a lot of people make leasing agreements with themselves. They make leasing agreements with their goals, their failures. Like, they don't, they cop out. Nope, this is not for me. I, I was in an eight-month trial. Right, I was in an eight-month lease or a twelve-month lease. It, nope, I'm gonna quit. But when are you gonna own it? Like when you own something, all it all it says it's yours. It's 100% yours. It's 100% your responsibility. And we gotta take we gotta take that. We gotta own up. Like where am I lacking? Because if you point enough fingers, you'll realize three is pointing back at you. Right. So like own up. Yeah, your life sucks, but own up. Like, what can you do now? Like, how can you improve this? How can you think bigger? How can you grow from this moment? That's owning up. It's not just saying, I take the blame. I'm at fault. I'm a deadbeat dad. No. Own up and change the, the circumstance. Own up and change your reality. That's that's taking full ownership. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And it's not that people aren't willing to take ownership. Sometimes it's just that it seems like they're too far gone. It seems Mm. like that change and, and that responsibility and what's needed to be done. It's just, it's too much. I don't have the time. You know, that's what people tell themselves. Yeah. And that's not taking, that's not owning up to me. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Life is, life is gets that way. Trust me. I've been there, Yeah, but I sure don't want to live there. No. I, I gotta get out, man. I, I I cannot live in this moment because if I stay here, what does that say about me? What does that say about my legacy? Like, when we start thinking about our legacy, how we want our story to end, man. I tell you people have, all yeah. the time, and it's it's morbid. But what do you want your obituary to say? Yeah. What do you, yeah. if somebody was speaking at my service? What are they gonna say about me? I don't want that good old, she was very nice. <laughs> she did a lot of things. We appreciate her. The end. The end. Dust. Yeah. I want someone to say, you know, this woman, I, I used to tell the kids I mentored all the time. If someone at my funeral just says that I changed their life, that's all I need to know. Yeah. That's all I need to hear. And yeah. we don't think about our legacy. We don't think about what our obituary is going to read. We don't think about what, once you're gone, you're gone. Yeah. What what if people spoke about you 40 years after? Yeah. Because you left a legacy, because you did something substantial to change the lives of others. You left something on this earth that people could live by. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about this world championship team, these efforts probably was a dream forever. Am I correct that you went after this two times after you won second place in 2009? Yeah, um, you know, there's championships all, you know, just about every year that for track and field in the USA. So there's USA championships 
and then there's world championships. World championships is every two years. Olympics is every four. Uh, you know, I came close with some of those moments. Some close. Some somehow was just completely out of it. Um, but I think it's about the race. You know, like not not a. It's not about getting to that destination, but it's about that process. That's what we remember the most. And you know, I I, I think for a lot of people. Um, we get stuck in like, hey, uh, if I fail, what are people going to say about me? But trust me, I've lost a lot of races, but it, it made me, it makes me who I am today. And I feel like I'm unconquered. You know, even though I failed, I feel unconquered because I was willing to step out and take that leap of faith and believe in myself enough to work at it. And that's all, that's all we really need to do work on it if you fail so what fail forward fail often fail leaping but never fail to make it work never fail to 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 realize who you are um so in that process um it, it brings me to this moment right that i am now you know traveling around the world helping people bring home the gold medal and their personal and and professional goals and, and i love it <laughs> yeah let's talk about that fast forward to I think you you kind of retired from your racing career in 2016, right? Yeah. And then went on to start Charles Clark International. Like you said, speaking all over the world, you're you're the success guru. What tell me about this? What's what's this been like? Is it is it the right thing for you? Is it your true purpose? Tell tell me about it. Well, you know, true purpose is is different from the calling that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, purpose we can we can live that out anywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- this is definitely a, a calling on my life, um, be- because uh, I-, I feel connected to it. Um, it's it's some, I'm getting results from it. You know, I'm in an environment of people who will accept it, um, and I absolutely love it, man. Um, I absolutely love it, and. Um, you know, so I, I go to, to corporations. Uh, I speak to you know uh, Fortune 500 companies, nonprofits, um, and and entrepreneurs who want to make it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's it's a fun journey, and I'm getting ready to come out with a book. So I'm really excited about that. Ooh, tell me about the book. Yeah, so uh, the the book is about. How to break through failure to achieve your personal goals. Um, I think everybody has failed (laughs) (laughs) once in a lifetime. Um, And like, what it what is that what does that moment feel like for you? Like it sucked, and chances are we probably don't want to feel that again. So so looking over my life, I developed seven rules that have um, gotten me where I am today. You know, Um, and living my dream. And, and being successful at it um, to a degree of I don't have to get a nine to five um, and, and even achieving the, the, the goals that I wanted to achieve in, in my track career. Um, and even some of those failing moments, a lot of failing moments. But in those rules, it, it helps us and governs us to achieve our personal goals. So the book's called So Close to Success, But Not Really. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I want to hear about the seven, these seven habits, if you're willing to share, but I'm, 
a terrible analogy, but you said earlier something about, you know, what if I fail? And that's often the question. But I was in Jamaica over the weekend um, for a Valentine's Day celebration, of course. Uh, you know, refreshed, renewed. It was really what I needed. And um, I just promised myself this whole trip, I was going to go jump off this cliff into the water. And I told myself every day when I woke up, like, don't even think about it. You're going to jump off this cliff. Don't think about it. You're going to jump off this cliff. Like, it's just something you need to get the fear out of your body. You need to jump off of this cliff. Mm -hmm. And guess what I did when I got there? You jumped off the cliff. But I started freaking out. I freaked out for about an hour. (laughs) And I don't know why I can swim. There were no rocks in the way. Yeah. It was just when I looked over that cliff and I saw how far it was, Mm -hmm. just the fear in my body was like, don't do this. But when I kept asking myself why, I couldn't come up with a reason why. What are you scared of? Are you scared Mm -hmm. about how you're going to hit the water? Are you going to lose your bathing suit? Like, are you, you might plug your ears up. What? What's the worst that could happen here? Yeah. What, where is this fear coming from? Yeah. And I, I've heard Will Smith say it before, but I just love the fact that it's, it's almost like, it's not what if I fail sometimes. It's just, it's just this fear in your body of before you do it. Because once you do it, you won't have that feeling at all. Right. Some of the things aren't even, you know, like the, the jump itself, once I got off the cliff, I felt nothing. I mm-hmm. felt joy. Back to normal. <laughs> exactly. Back to normal. Like, oops, hit the water. All right, I'm fine. Swim back to the edge. You know, but it was just looking down and the idea of jumping was yeah. the scariest thing ever. And it's it's like this fear in our body, if we actually stopped and just said, I'm going to overcome this, where is it coming from? What am I actually scared of? You know, mm-hmm. is it failing or is I'm, am I just is, am I just scared of the idea? There's nothing actually to be scared of sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, fear can feel real. Whew. But it, it definitely is not. <laughs> it's a figment of your imagination. False evidence appearing real. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's okay to have fear present. Um, but it's okay to, to get past it, too. Mm-hmm. So... You know, with running track, man, like you, you have so many nerves. You get anxiety. For me, I used to throw up in trash cans before the race. What? But yeah, <laughs> and um, but I every time I did something like that, it was always something remarkable. Um, so accept that fear sometimes, like accept it all the time, and move forward from it. Move past that. Don't let that fear. Take care. Take that that greatness out of you. Fear is is soft. It it has it has no concrete evidence. Like it. Why? Why are you afraid? Because this. Because that. It didn't happen. So do it. Don't let nothing stop you. Because that's that's exactly what fear is. It's nothing. Don't let nothing stop you. I love that you said fear is soft and has no concrete evidence. It's literally built on nothing. There's no foundation to it. Yeah. I love it. So, are you going to share some of the seven habits with us? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll share um, because that'll be a whole two hour conversation. <laughs> right. Give um, us one good one. Yeah. 
but yeah, definitely there'll be workshops in, in the Tampa area and, and you know, soon nationwide uh, for entrepreneurs and people looking to, to get, get out of that slump and achieve their goals. Um, but one of the one of the first things that we can do um, to achieve our dream is to accept the process. Um, and that is the hardest part. But, you know, many, many times people don't even want to do that. It's just a decision. Like when you make that decision to say, this is what it is and I'm sticking to it. Like that is the decision. You, you are declaring, you are making a self-declaration, I'm in it to win it, right? And um, I always do this analogy at conferences. I, I tell, I grab two volunteers. There's a couple, there's a cup of water filled to the brim. And the first person to make it to the finish line wins. The second rule is like, you can do whatever it is you want, but don't spill the water. If you spill the water, you have to start back over. Um, and, and complete the race. Many people, they wince in fear. Their eyes are fixated on this cup of water and they're walking as, snow, as slow as a snail, right? And then there, there's this other person who's the sprinting daredevil who tries to defy physics and spills the water every time. It's hilarious to see. <laughs> <laughs> but I always say this, only a few people understand the importance of this exercise is that if we truly desire to have success we must have a thirst to finish what we start and i tell them how easy would it be if you simply drank the water and ran with nothing holding you back like that's what we must do with with our with our goals have a thirst to finish what you start and then you can be successful but if you're always ah it's getting hard uh, I failed 30 times. It's not working. If you're saying to yourself, it's not meant to me, you didn't accept the process because a part of the process is failing. A part of the process is the bittersweet moments. A part of the process is not understanding at all. A part of the process is enjoying the journey. You have to accept all of that. You can't make a, a cake without eggs, right? right? And you can't make a cake without baking it. Accept every part of that process. Whatever your favorite meal is, just think about it on that level. And start creating that process for yourself with your goals. What does that look like? What are the ingredients I need if I'm going to be in it to win it? So, you know, that's one of the rules to start off um, our, our dreams. Accept it. Decide. Decide today. Don't decide tomorrow. Don't think about it. You know it's been on your mind since the day you were birthed. Like dreams are given to us at a very young age. Like scientists, they, now they haven't been able to come up with a conclusion, but they say that um, that babies can can dream in their mother's womb, and and others say that we can begin to dream at the age of five and seven, regardless of the fact they're given to us. And that life dream, when is that dream given to you? When did you ignore it? How long have you been ignoring that dream that is inside of you? Listen, I love that you said accept the entire process because what's included in that process is being doubtful of yourself and others not believing in you. Yeah. And being okay with that because you've declared that no matter what, this is what you will do. Yeah, you ain't doing it. 
Right. And people don't understand that because then they've chosen a dream. And then the minute someone says, well, you don't have the money to do that. Or, well, you're not really that good at that. Well, all of a sudden it's, well, maybe that wasn't a very good idea. Maybe I shouldn't do that. And accepting and declaring it is saying that no matter what anyone says, my friends, my family or me, you know, if I get into a financial issue or I try something and it doesn't work too bad, I'm going to make this happen. Right. Yeah. And that's really the hardest part is declaring it. Yeah. Just just own it. Own up. (laughs) (laughs) You don't remember anything from this podcast. You better own up. (laughs) (laughs) Own Own up up. on everything. (laughs) Yeah. I I tell people all the time it took me more than 365 days to declare that I was actually going to do this. Yeah. It was an idea forever. It's the easiest thing we can do. Right. Is to make a decision. Exactly. And I'll I'll never forget. I had talked about it for so long. And I'll be honest. You take a lot of joy in talking about a good idea. Like, Mm -hmm. you can go around. I could go around all day and say, well, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. And it's not going to affect me until someone says, when are you going to make a move? (laughs) And I remember sitting in the living room. And I had been saying it for a while. And um, we it was a time where I actually had some time on my hands and I had some friends over and my boyfriend looked at me and said, why don't you go in there and record a podcast? Mm. And I kind of looked around the room and it, I, every excuse I could think of ran through my body. Oh yeah. <laughs> he was like, the equipment's in there. Go. And I said, I don't have anything to talk about. And he said, well, you better figure something out. Right. And right. I, he was like, cause it's, it's now, or you can keep making excuses. Yeah. And I remember I came in here and I sat in front of this mic for 30 minutes and I wanted to get up so bad. I felt like I was in timeout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I, and everything that was running through my body was, you know, I'm not an expert. Who am I to be talking about anything to anyone? What am yeah. I going to talk about? And it was all doubt. It yeah. was all doubt. Once I got started, once I did my first episode, I was, yeah. hooked. I was hooked. <laughs> it's, it's, it's over like just just the same thing where you jumping off the uh cliff right uh, i can do it again but i'm scared yeah. but i'm gonna do it again <laughs> and then if you do it again guess what you're gonna be a little less scared yep and, it- and if you do it again and again it's nothing now you're enjoying it yes see sometimes you just gotta take that day one and even if it sucks and you in that gym and you pushing that weight and you throwing up and you don't know if you can take it anymore you got sweat like profusing off of you like yo this is crazy i i can't take it anymore but go through that day one because day two gonna be a little easier day three is gonna be a little better day four probably gonna suck real bad but then it's gonna get a little easier week two You just got to go through it. Go through that process. It's beautiful. Let me tell you, it is nothing like seeing your vision that is in your mind come to fruition. It It is nothing like that. But in order for you to do that, accept the process. Decide that you're going to make, you've made up in your mind, this is it. I can't go back to how things used to be. This is the this is the only thing I know to do. Some of y'all know like that thing that is in you. You I know I can I can do this. I know there might be people better than me, but if I work hard on this thing, I will soon be the greatest. I will I will soon be one of the best. But it, go go through day one. Stop waiting right now. Why are you still listening to this podcast? Like go right now. <laughs> Don't tell him that now. I need to listen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, like 
stop stop listening to so much information right and start doing more right you stop consuming so much without activating what you've just learned work work on it work on listen it's, it's time to get in work mode if you ever like realize like what a harvest is a harvest is nice you got a lot of fruits vegetables plants all over the place but the harvest is hard. You got to pick it up. You got to clean up the harvest. You can't let it go to go to ruins. And like that that's where you might be right now. Like if you're saying, yo, it's my season, that means you got work to do because the harvest is hard. But it's beautiful at the end of the day. Like cuz you look at what you got. Look at what you made. And the look harvest at- is short-lived. Mhm. The the harvest is short-lived. Then it's back to work. Yeah. Now I got to recreate. Yeah. Everybody's working for the harvest. Work for the process. Mm-hmm. So all this great advice. You could, sounds like you could write way more than one book. <laughs> What's the best advice you ever received? The best advice I've ever received? Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, um, I remember the first time I had my dream. And I was in sixth grade. I hadn't even had hair under my arms. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't even had my first pimple. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I made the track team. And um, everybody that knows there's no trials in track and field. But I was on the team. And uh, the second week of practice, I decided I wasn't going to show up at practice. We're playing full court basketball, real basketball outside in Virginia Beach. It was perfect fall weather. And I'm yelling at my, my team. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm open, pass me the ball. I'm open, pass me the ball. And everybody stopped. They looked at me strange. And I seen this big shadow that was casting over me. And guess who it was? It was my track coach. And he, sa- and he said, <laughs> he said, son, what are you doing? I said, I'm playing basketball. And he says, don't you know we have practice over there? And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> and um, he says, well, now I'm going to embarrass you. No joke. When anybody, when anybody tell you I'm going to embarrass you, chances are you are already embarrassed in front of your friends. <clears throat> and after this two-minute spill of, you know, of interrupting our game, he walked me over to the track. And he was explaining why I was making a poor decision. But in that moment, he asked me, what do you want to do with your life? And I said I wanted to run for the USA in track and field. And after that, he says, well, go get your butt on the track and catch up with the rest of them then. Um, But then he kept stopping me. I would run and he would say, come back. I would run. He would tell me to come back again. And I never caught up with my teammates. And I was frustrated at that point. And I'm like, why do you keep telling me to stop? Why do you keep telling me to do this? And he says, you know, the moment you have a dream, don't forget to chase after it. And for me, that was that was my moment. It may say, hey, you may have a dream, but are you chasing after it? Are you willing to, to do what's necessary? And for me, that was that was my moment. Um, that was the biggest advice someone could give me is to chase your dream. Don't stop. Keep going. And, hey, I haven't stopped since. Since the sixth grade. Since being embarrassed in front of all my friends. <laughs> right? That won't happen again. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not, I'm not going to be embarrassed. Because I don't want somebody to say, I don't want somebody to say, Charles, 
hey, you're supposed to come out with a book. But what happened? Well, now I'm going to embarrass you. Right. <laughs> like, you don't, you don't want that happening. And um, I just got to chase it. I have to chase my dream. Because soon, soon, one day, God's will, I'll have, a, I'll have a kid. I'll have kids. And I, I want them to come up to me and say, Daddy, what, what did you do? I chased my dream, baby. And you do the same. Like, you, you do the same. I will support them all the way through. But I can't support somebody through it if I didn't go through it. You know what I'm saying? So it, it has to be in me. And I want to make sure that's a part of my DNA. Mm. Well, you can't lead any better way than by example. Yeah. What's something that you have learned to love about yourself? Um, something I learned to love about myself is all my imperfections. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not tall. I'm five. Five eight and a, eight and a half. I'm a five eight and a half. Um, <laughs> my ears aren't that big. My nose is big. Like, and I love me. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm black and I'm proud. I love every part of me. Um, That's really hard for some people to say about themselves. Yeah, you know, because a lot of times we want to we want to mask ourselves, right? We we we're good at doing that on on Instagram. Ooh. Like, Yes. We we are we are good at adding filters on Snapchat, but what about you? Like love you, baby. Like you you got to love who you are. You are so unique, and that's why God did that because He doesn't want you to be like anybody else. So love all your imperfections. Love love that pimple on your face. Love that mole that you hate so much. Love your short hair, your nappy hair. Love who you are, because if you don't love who you are. You can't accept, expect somebody else to love you. And affirmations are real. Yeah. Self-affirmations. I'll choose one. If this is just something I've been practicing. I'll choose one each week and really practice telling myself in the mirror, um, you know, or whether it's sometimes it's the car mirror because I'm in a rush. But mm-hmm. wherever I am, I have to do it. And um, last week I, I spent the week telling myself in the mirror, I love you. Mm-hmm. And I promise people don't understand. I, I even told someone one time and they were like, that sounds really selfish, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, it will change the way you see yourself. Yeah. Truly change it. And if, if anybody's looking for a mind shift and knows for a fact that they're down and out on themselves and they haven't been as confident as they used to be, you know, or someone has said something to you that you're literally wearing like a coat that has yeah. hurt your feelings Self-affirmations will change that because you, the first person's mind you have to change about the way that you're viewed as yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that is so true. You know, uh, my, my brother, uh, DJ, he played professional basketball and, um, I, it was a very hard time for him. He had a, a injury that ended his career um, and the doctors were t- telling him, you might lose your leg. And he w- he was not able to walk for months. Like, you talk about losing weight. You talk about not being that athlete that you, you once saw in the mirror and dribbling the ball. And um, it was very hard. It was, And I can only imagine that part for him. But 
you know, I, I had I had to tell him, DJ, you are the only one that can control your outcome. You are the only one that can control your destiny. It's up to you, man. It's up to you. And he's walking. Wow. <laughs> you know, he, he, he's walking. And he's finding, he's found his purpose and he's finding his passion. Let me tell you, life will, will, try to, will try to ruin you, but you are in control. You, you, can, you can determine the final outcome. Don't let what happened to you determine it. You control it. Control your destiny. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's amazing to see how pain can be turned into purpose. That's so true. It's the silver lining. Yeah. You have to use it. Uh, I personally have always said that anytime something, you know, happens to me, whether it be tragic or a really tough lesson, it's, it's just God's way of making a, making me a relatable servant. If I learn something the hard way, then I, I darn better take it and give value to someone else with it. Yeah. Yeah. Last question. What, you know, all these, these trial and errors will trial by fire for you. You know, what advice would you give young Charles besides don't skip track practice? (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, I think I told young Charles a lot of stuff. (laughs) If I'm speaking to myself right now and looking at the future, I would tell myself, keep going. Mm. And that's it. You are on the right track. And even though it might be scary, keep going. Even though no one around you is doing the things that you are doing, keep going. Uh, even though some parts might be uncertain, keep going. I'm a young entrepreneur and I'm, I'm happy I can do this full time. Keep going, Charles, because you'll, if you keep doing those things that are on, on your, your mind, that vision God gave you, you can, you can impact lives. So keep going. And that keep going can't be underestimated. It can't be. Those two words are substantial. Because it's easy to keep going, especially in your role when, let's say, you know, next week you've got seven speaking engagements, two nonprofits to visit. It's easy to keep going because you know that you're living in your purpose. But Mm. keep going when you have nothing booked, you know, when you have heard no one say you changed my life. Yeah. That type of keep going is when it's hard, is when, you know, when I put this podcast out and now no one's downloading it. Now what? Mm-hmm. Keep going. That yeah. type of keep going. That's the tough yeah. part. Yeah. It's the tough. It's the grind. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, success doesn't happen overnight. You know why? Because champions aren't made on game day. Ooh. It's a daily commitment. Ooh. You you got to keep, you got to go in the hard times. You got to go when no one's watching you. That you know, that's why this morning I was in that gym, I was listening to my podcast. I'm pushing myself. Add more, give me more, but I gotta keep going. Listen, wherever you are in life, 
decide like I think the whole thing about today is owning up deciding that you're in it to win it and keep going keep going with that mindset and you're taking off baby you're taking off I love it and I thank you so much for joining us this was a, a an amazing conversation and I know it'll inspire our listeners as much as you inspire me. And that's why I had to have you on here. And I'm, oh, thank you so much. I'm loving this. Thank you so much. So, uh, tell us the title of your book again and maybe an expected release so people can look out for it. Yeah. Uh, you go to Charles Clark international.com C H A R L E S C L A R K international.com. Uh, subscribe and take a look at, uh, the book's coming out this spring, summertime, um, and I'm really excited about it. I hope you, everyone can get their hands on it because it will wreck your life in a good way. Wreck your life. I love it. Turn your life upside down. You'll be surprised with what you get. Yeah. So charlesclarkinternational.com. You guys can follow him on social media at Charles Clark USA. Trust me, if you're on social media, you want to follow him. He's about as motivational as they come. Um, I steal stuff from him all the time and write it in my my notes and (laughs) daily affirmations. He's phenomenal to listen to. Check his book out in the spring, summer. And uh, Charles, thank you so much. I know our listeners are grateful and so am I. Thank you so much. And I know that this podcast is going to be successful. So... Uh, I'm supporting you and all the listeners out there. We're going to support you. And uh, there's nothing like doing it local. Uh, There's nothing like growing, growing the business. So I believe in your success. Charles, thank you. See, that's that's why people need to book you for speaking engagements. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, have a wonderful week. And thanks again. All right. See you later. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.